You're listening to the Manning Up on Real Estate Podcast with your host, Cameron Manning. We bring you the industry experts each episode who will help you man up on your real estate career. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Manning Up on Real Estate Podcast. I'm glad to have you back listening in here. And we have another awesome speaker lined up for you here today. I'm really excited because I've been getting to know this guy for several months now. I recognize his voice anywhere and we'll kind of dive into why that's the case later on but uh, he's a luxury and investment specialist out of Engels and Volkers in Atlanta Georgia he's got a background in sales and marketing which we're going to touch on a little bit I'm really excited to have him here I, I consider him a good friend of mine now we, we chat almost weekly welcome to the podcast Matt LaMarche I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. And I, I could not agree. I mean, you nailed it. That was perfect. <laughs> I feel like you covered all of it, honestly. And I, and I don't know if it's the only thing I'll, I'll hold you to is maybe daily versus weekly now, because uh, I feel like, you know, Clubhouse has really ruined us for like daily <laughs> daily connection, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> 100%. You know, if you ever need me to record like uh, an introduction for you for one of your YouTube videos, just let me know. I'm good for it. You know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. checks in the mail, checks in the mail. There we go. I appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, um, like I said, I mean, we've been chatting a lot and I think that you provide a lot of value to a lot of people, both investors and entrepreneurs and, uh, and, and realtors. So I just wanted to, you know, take that conversation, expand it a little bit. We, we chat a lot, but there's a broader audience that's not necessarily necessarily on the clubhouse app that we're on. But before we really dive into that, you know, I always like for people to get to know who you are and what brought you into real estate. I know you've been doing it for what is it, a little over three years now, right? Right at three years. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right at three years. Yeah. So what, what tell us about your background, what, what you were doing before, and what led you to get into real estate itself? Yeah, I mean, I started out, you know, in a very entrepreneurial family. Neither one of my parents were were entrepreneurs, but both my grandfathers were, and so I grew up in uh, in that world where, you know, my dad worked for my grandfather. So there were weekends that I'd be at the warehouse helping him load a truck or, you know, move materials around the warehouse and stuff. And so just from a very young age, it, it was always really interesting to me that Grandpa owns this place. <laughs> like that was just a very, you know, different way of growing up. And I think if you're close enough to entrepreneurship when you're young, it starts to like kind of appeal to you because you you feel the control and the freedom that comes along with it. But you don't always see the work and and the grind and the hustle sometimes that it takes. So, you know, growing up from a very young age, I understood that like, you know, we were, I, I would call us like upper middle class, maybe growing up. Um, we never really wanted for anything, but at the same time, you know, luxury or, or, abundance was never truly the case. Um, and so, you know, I started mowing lawns and lemonade stands and everything I could do to make some money as a, as a teenager prior to even working age. And then once I got to, you know, 15, 16 years old, I ran out and got a job during middle school and high school and, um, and just started loving making money. It was fun to me. Like that was, you know, most kids were out playing sports and stuff, which I did some of, but honestly, for me, I always liked business. Um, mm. I liked that that kind of like connection to it. And I saw my dad was a huge and still is a very huge role model for me and the sacrifice that he put, you know, forth to uh, financially support four kids and a wife. Um, and so, you know, I always kind of put that on a pedestal. Again, not just my grandfathers, but even my, my mom and dad were very, very inspirational in that regard. But um, always worked two or three jobs, even through middle school, high school and college. Um, and in fact, I got to college age, I was in my junior year, the first semester, and uh, I actually had an economics professor talk me out of school. He was talking about opportunity cost. And he's <laughs> like, you know, you have a choice, you can be here, 
you could be learning, you can get your degree, you can go out and hopefully get a good job that pays great money. And, uh, or you can go out and make money now <laughs> and, you know, dis discover different opportunities and you have a choice basically, right? And I, I'll never forget, I walked up to him after that lecture, I shook his hand and I said, I think you just changed my life. And I'm sure he probably thought, oh boy, what did I do? What did I say? But it honestly was a very pivotal moment for me to go, this guy's right. Like I do have a choice. We do have choices in life. And so, you know, now 20 years later, basically, um, you know, to be sitting here and talking to you about entrepreneurship and small business and real estate and everything that we're going to dig into is just really, really exciting. But my entrepreneurial journey has not been super glamorous. <laughs> my, my first business I started uh, on my own was actually uh, as a dovetail to another job, quote unquote, that I had. Uh, and I sold stuff for people on eBay. Nice. So I ran, yeah, I, th I ran three, uh, you know, retail brick and mortar stores here in Atlanta where you would bring your stuff in and I would sell it for you. Um, and if it's on eBay, I've probably sold it because we did thousands of transactions every week, <laughs> um, including cars and land and yep. watch, you know, Rolex watch. I mean, again, anything you can imagine. Um, and so those three locations shut down uh, because of, a, you know, just a disagreement with partners. Right. And, uh, and I ultimately saw an opportunity to create something uh, of my own. There was nothing proprietary about what they were doing. Um, and so I was like, I can do this. I don't need the space. And I've got enough good connections in this world now that I can actually go out and get stuff to sell. So I really built a niche around small businesses and selling their old computers and office equipment and right. cubicles and whatever. Whatever you get your hands on and they need to get rid of. Yep. And then even nonprofits that would do toy drives and stuff that we could turn around and sell those toys to raise money, you know, for the nonprofits and stuff. So right. it's pretty simple. It sold for a hundred bucks. I would take 35 or 40 bucks and then they would get the rest. And then, right. you know, when you're doing a hundred thousand, 200, $300,000 in sales every year, it starts to add up. But yeah. uh, I got, <laughs> got punched in the mouth pretty hard when the market turned in 08, 09. Right. And that business basically just vaporized. No one would return my phone calls. Um, no people one had anything were, people else. People to were sell. panicking. They weren't trying to buy stuff. You know, they weren't buying junk on eBay. And uh, yeah, freaking out, man. Yeah, they were, I mean, it was not just in real estate, right? Like it was everything, yeah, everywhere, everything. Um, so uh, got punched in the face. That business vaporized overnight, and then I went back into corporate America for about 15 years, and then started a lawn care and landscaping business about six years ago. Uh, sold it three years ago, and have now been in real estate for about three years. Unfortunately for me. Um, the, the lawn care and landscaping thing was a chance for me to like dust myself off, get back up, try again. Yeah. Um, and you know, the inspirational piece behind that was a, I lost both of my grandfathers in the two years prior. And I was like, this life is too short. I don't want to work for people. I don't like, I don't want to yeah. do something I don't like. I'm going to go find something and create something for myself. And so, that's awesome. um, that's kind of where we went. And it's interesting too. So, I mean, there's, there's one connection that I find I, when I talk to a lot of people that are very entrepreneurial, that are building businesses, they all had some like little, little business that they started as a kid, whether it's doing the lemonade stand, like you said, or you're mowing lawns. For me, I was going door to door trying to sell crab apples. Cause I saw that we had crab apples in our yard and I bag them up and go to my neighbors. Right. Um, so it's interesting. Like everyone does that. And I, I absolutely think that that's a good sign. And I, I think listeners, if you have kids and you're seeing them want to do something like that, go out and encourage it because, you know, that could be what spurs them on to be an entrepreneur, right? And start something for themselves. And it's interesting that you were mowing lawns as a kid and then you came back around and then created a company about mowing lawns. 
but uh, there's something you know. really nice about it though like you pop your airpods in you're mowing grass for eight hours and you know i liked being outside already so that was yeah. an easy fit uh, obviously the summers here in atlanta georgia are really really hot yeah. um and after you know three or four years uh it just it takes its toll on the body but yeah it was i really enjoyed it and you know you spend 30 minutes or an hour on on someone's lawn and it looks amazing right mm -hmm. and that instant impact, that instant gratification yeah, yeah it was really nice um but it also taught me the long tail version of that right to build a business to keep something sustainable and yep. consistent for a long time um that's that's a challenge and so then to balance those two is really cool but yeah you're exactly right my daughter is super entrepreneurial and if if I could get her a permit for a lemonade stand every day, she would be out there like doing her homework, waiting for someone to come by so that she could sell them some lemonade. But yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Encouraging. I watch, I watch a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? I don't know if you uh, watch his content, but oh, yeah. um, you know, he's been doing that, uh, that trash talk series where he's going garage selling, buying stuff, flipping it on eBay. So you, you kind of reminded me when you were saying you were doing that, but what I really like too, is that he talks about how he had the lemonade stand when he was a kid. So every time he sees a kid at a garage sale, with a lemonade stand, even if it's a buck, he's giving them like a $20 bill. And like, he's like, I got to respect the the hustle where I started. right? And I think that's, Absolutely. you know, again, you got to encourage that. I think too many people are nervous about stuff like that. And then they just kind of, oh, you know, go play with your friends or something. But no, if they, if we have a kid, like, I mean, my mom's like, yeah, hey, take the wagon, fill up your wagon with bags and come back, see what happens. For me, the business only lasted two days because I realized that everyone in my neighborhood also had crab apples. So, you know, I was like, okay, supply and demand. Great. Supply and demand. Right. I'm like, wow, everyone has it. So I'm not going to make any money. I think I sold two bags out of pity. Um, Cause some neighbors like, I'll support the kid. Here's five bucks. Right. But you know, <laughs> it, it, it happens. So no, I, I, I think that that's a common thing. I'm seeing a lot when I'm interviewing people is we all had that entrepreneurial drive. We, we wanted to do stuff and, and you're getting, getting working young. You know, I, my first job after that, I was 13 years old as a, as a soccer rep. I found out that instead of playing, I could make money at soccer. So, I mean, I started doing that. Right. So, I mean, you know, there's all these things. I, I see a common thread now, real estate. I want to kind of like dive a little bit more. So you, you built your business, uh, your, your lawn mowing business, and you just sold that. So that's an incredible feat that you're able to build a business and sell it. You know, that's kind of the, the entrepreneurial goal, right? Build a business and sure. eventually sell it. And now you've gone into real estate. What was the attraction for you into real estate? Why was that the next phase? Yeah. Yeah. So we got to, we, we got to go back about 14 years. When we got married, my wife was actually a buyer's agent on a, on a KW team here in Atlanta. Okay. And so, you know, seeing her in business and, and the possibilities that kind of came within uh, that business and the opportunities she was given, I was just like, I know there's something there for me, but this was, again, we got married in 07. So 07, 08, her broker, I, I flat out asked him, I was like, I'm thinking about getting my license. He was like, don't do that don't do that. <laughs> he could kind of see the writing on the wall and what was coming in the, in, in the couple of years ahead. But, um, but that actually kind of started it for me. So watching her in the business and my wife and I are very, very similar when it comes to like our common core stuff that we both think about and agree and the work ethic and everything there, but we're very different people. And in fact, that's why our marriage works, right? She's the opposite of what I am. The yin to your so, yang. Exactly. 100%. And so that kind of gave me a taste of it. And seeing my partner in that business was like, okay, could I do that? Like, could I be a part of that? 
Um, and so then uh, about 10 years ago, we bought our house here in Sandy Springs and started renting that property. And so then the idea of investment came in and it was like, oh, okay, so there's a whole nother world here around real estate that I don't even have to get my license. I could just be an investor, right? Yeah. And, and potentially just do it that way. Um, and so, you know, there was always that interest. And of course, over the last 10 years, as we've seen a lot of tenants come and go and managing that property ourselves, um, it was just very interesting. And it always kind of kept my mind that there's a lot of different things that you can do within real estate. And so yeah. you don't have to just be a licensee. You don't just have to be a broker. Like there's a lot of different things that you can do with within it. And so, um, you know, a couple of years ago when I got into the position to start positioning the business for my lawn care business for sale, I was like, what am I going to do next? <laughs> like, what's <laughs> where do we go from here? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, fortunately for me, we had done a really good job of building the business like a five mile radius and then getting it down to two miles and then down to one mile. So everyone within a one mile radius of my house pretty much has seen my name at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what would be a good segue into a service related business, but that I can get more dollars per hour, that I can be the trusted advisor, you know, that if you trust me with cutting your grass, that's one thing, but with yeah. your largest asset, that's a whole nother thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and a couple hundred dollars a month versus, you know, tens of thousands in commissions, our average price here in Sandy Springs, about $700,000. So you can do the math and figure out what the oh, yeah. average sale might net, might net an agent. But I always had an interest in real estate. So it was like, what do I do with it? Do I get my license? Do I just stay an investor? And ultimately I decided, um, you know, I go and get my license in November and then in December, actually take the test and, and pass and then started in January of 2019 and still have my business at that time. So there was about a 90 day overlap where I was positioning the business to get it ready for sale, to build up the dollars, you know, per hour, basically to build up the route density that I had built and really fine tune things to put it in the best light possible and then start marketing it. And so my, um, and actually I started the year, not even thinking I was going to sell the business. Right. I just thought, well, I've got a great guy running it right now. Maybe he'll just stay on. Middle of February hit and he came to me and he was like, yeah, so the end of March, I'm out. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh -oh. <laughs> we got to do something. We got to make a change here. So um, in the middle of February, started positioning it for, I mean, really fine tuning everything and getting it ready for sale and talking to business brokers and everything else. Yeah. Um, but honestly, Cam, like, as much as I enjoyed those conversations with business brokers and really high level discussions about profitability and what's your yeah. PL look like, I listed the thing on Craigslist. And 30 <laughs> days later, <laughs> I sold it to a guy that had business on either side of me, geographically speaking. Right. And I had a, I had a massive, he had a massive void that I could fill with my business. And he right. wrote me a check about 20 days later. So, really? um, so yeah, man, it was, it was an interesting journey, but it taught me a lot and position positioned me and prepared me for real estate because now everyone again in a mile radius now knows me yeah. and recognizes the name um, and knows that I built a really, really great business. Um, mm -hmm. And that really, that helped prepare me and, and predict a lot of the success that we were going to have early on in real estate. Absolutely. And I mean, in a lot of ways too, you've already built that clientele. So, I mean, you just go to that, so you've got the database built now from your previous business and there's not a big overlap because it's not like you're competing against the guy you sold it to. Because even if you sell that property, those people might need, you know, lawn services. So you can actually, in a way, probably partner with that guy and say, hey, he's now my go-to lawn service guy or whatever the case might be. So there's a lot of things that you can operate and still you, you, you've built that reputation. So I, I think that's exactly. awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So I want to talk a little bit about the investing side because this podcast originally started on the investor side. You know that investing is my core you know, business, right? The investment real estate. And uh, so one thing that I realized early on that was a, as a key game changer is that the agents out there, there's not a ton that truly, truly understand investment real estate. So it's a way that I found that if I got my license, I can stand out amongst the crowd because I had built a portfolio. I'd done several different strategies from flipping to owning rentals to rent owns and things like that. So being that you were starting to invest in real estate, starting to build a portfolio, what did you do from that aspect as you got your license? Do you now go out and I know you work with investors. Are you more on the education side? How do you, how do you take that knowledge and implement it into your new business? Yeah, I mean, so a lot, I mean, you know this about me, but for for those of you that don't know me, I use social media a lot, right? And education, entertainment, like it's all the same. It's just how you go about doing it, right? Yeah. And so I think education is a big part of it for sure, because I think a lot of people have this notion that, well, you got to have a million dollars in the bank to invest, or you got to have, you know, a $200,000 a year income to really be able to, you know, become a real estate investor. That's not the case at all. Right. And, and we're prime examples of that. Our first home is our rental home. Like the house that we lived in is the house that we now rent. And so that's one opportunity, of course, house hacking's out there, but you know, for me, it was just changing the narrative. Right. And I think that a lot of agents really underestimate the power of, you know, the think tank, that is clubhouse, the think tank that is our industry. And we kind of get into this echo chamber of, well, this is what a typical investor looks like. That has radically changed. 2021 folks, (laughs) like it's it's very, very different, right? Your old school investor that bought, um, you know, a multifamily or a single family residence and then bought another one the next year and another one the next, and now has $5 million in real estate. Like he started out the same way you did, right? He started out one at a time. Very, very few people get into real estate investing buying, you know, multiple properties within a year, right? Um, And so, yeah, I use the education component of it, um, but also just the financial piece, because a lot of people, you know, the the economy here in the the Atlanta area, but certainly in the United States has been so good for so long, Mm -hmm. that you have a lot of people that are doing really, really well right now, and they have the opportunity to invest and place money in places that they maybe didn't before. Um, But they're also looking to diversify. Um, And so me as an investor, I can speak to that perfectly, right? Like, and and I've always questioned it and no judgment by the way, but like, if you are a real estate agent that lives in an apartment, you should really think about your messaging, right? Like, why don't you have a house? Why don't you have a place that you're paying a mortgage on? And again, no judgment here, yeah. but it's it's yeah. a very simple, and a lot of people might say bold statement, but me as an investor, I understand the mindset and yeah. I understand the good, the bad, and the ugly that kind of come along with it. So yeah. um, I always challenge people on that, you know, mentality and, and how you position things, because that's ultimately what people speak to and, and what resonates with them. And I think the powerful thing too, with someone like yourself who understands that aspect is that every single client that you have now can become an investor because it's that education aspect, right? When I'm dealing with a first time home buyer, you know, whether they're in their twenties, thirties, whatever, I start talking investment to them. Like as I'm, as I'm showing them houses, not just how beautiful it is and living your dream. It's, it's how can we utilize this property to buy you more later, right? Whether it's you upsizing, keeping it as a rental or you tapping into that equity to buy something else. You know, you get that frame of mind because 
I don't know about you, but my opinion is like most people's pensions are never going to actually help them out because we're living longer, all this stuff. So I want to teach my my clients that the pension should also be in at least one or two extra properties. You don't have to be a full-time investor that's flipping properties every year. But even if you buy your principal residence and one or two other properties that you sit on for the next 20 years as your retirement properties, letting someone else pay them off you're in a much better position. So again, it goes back to that education. I like that you said that because I feel like every single client, if you get that in your mind and you think that way, you become that person that's an educator, not just facilitating facilitating a real estate uh, deal, right? Yeah. Well, even as a buyer, you are an investor, right? Like you're investing, investing in yourself. Your primary residence, yep. like that's a, that's a move. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, you're exactly right. I think a lot of people now, I mean, especially with the stock market and the inflation you know, issues that we've had here in, in, the, in the United States have been crazy. So people yeah. are naturally looking at crypto and a, a million other things, but yeah. people that never considered real estate are now considering it because it is one of those. And honestly, especially when you're our age in your twenties or thirties, when you think about retiring when you're 50 or 55 or 60, like when you've got 20 years on your side, even if you break even every yeah. year on that house, the appreciation alone is going to make you money, right? To yep. pay for kids college or to fund your retirement or your hobbies or whatever you want to do when you're 50, 55 or 60. That's yep. a really, really, uh, really good point. I mean, I even look at it this way. Like I like that you said the break even aspect and even let's say hypothetically over 20 years between ups and downs and market crashes and market gains, you don't even get that, uh, that appreciation. But let's say you said your average property is $700,000 let's say you put 20% down, or I don't know what your guys' structure is there, but ours is 20% for investment properties. You're still looking at a mortgage of like, you know, close to $600,000. Over 20 years, you're creating $600,000 in somebody else paying that mortgage down. So at the bare minimum, you're getting that aspect. And even then in, in our current interest rate um, cycle with a 20% down payment, that's about a 10% per annum return, right? Which, you know, I don't know a lot of stocks and mutual funds that still produce that. And that's just one aspect of the investment, right? Then again, you mix in market growth. We all know that that's likely going to happen. So, I mean, you know, we, we mix that in, you've got printing of money right now, causing inflation. Bank, uh, real estate's one of the only ways that you can hedge against that inflation because as, as the uh, uh, dollar devalues, your property value is going up. So now you mix that in, in our area, we're looking at about a 15% with a very minimal 3% growth. Well, that's how I calculated. I'm very conservative. That's still a 15% return on investment. So now, even if you're break even, you're, you're just covering all the expenses, you're at a 25% per year return on your money. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. And if we can teach people that that's, that's where we become a very valuable asset to them as an advisor. 100%. And so let's bring this thing full circle to, I, I mentioned opportunity costs, right? Not only is it about the money and the time that we have on our side, especially in our 20s and 30s as investors, but even into your 40s and 50s, mm -hmm. like you, you probably have made some decent income, you probably yeah. have some decent assets already. And so just if you're looking to diversify, you're given that opportunity. But back to the opportunity cost component, and especially when you're super conservative, like you and I are, right? Like, even if you're half wrong on all of this stuff financially, what else does this do for you? This gives you the yeah. opportunity to make other decisions, other moves, because yeah. when you own a home for five or 10 years and you make, you know, $100,000 or $500,000 or a million dollars, it doesn't pick a number. Sure. You yeah. can go do things with that money that don't look like real estate. 
because we don't know where all this stuff is headed. And especially with crypto, with something that you can't touch and feel, you can go touch and feel that house. You yes, can absolutely. It's tangible. <laughs> now, I'm not knocking crypto or blockchain or any of that, but like there is something to be said for a tangible asset, right? 100%. Um, yeah. And no one can ever take that away from you. So no, really I, I agree. You know, it's funny. I, you know, I've got all these young guys in my office and, you know, I, I considered myself a young guy until I start talking to them. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll still jump on TikTok, but I mean, you know, I, I finally bought some crypto a few months ago and I'm like watching this go. Whoop, whoop. I'm like, so I don't get it, right? Like to me, it just doesn't make sense. But I'm like, whatever. I put my I put some money in there. If I lose it, I'm okay. I didn't like spend my fortune on it. And then I turned around and bought four more properties this year, right? Because right. I'm like, I see, I I understand it. It's very simple to understand real estate, in my opinion. And if you just have the right strategies, buy the right areas, and have the right advisors, you can do well, right? I mean, you have to have multiple exit strategies. You need to be able to buy in an area that's liquid. I've made my mistakes over the years. You know, as a full-time investor, I bought properties that have cost me. It happens, but that's where I've become an even stronger investor. So, no, I, I appreciate everything that you you said on that regards. Now, I, I do want to dive into uh, social media a little bit because I do see you. You are building a great brand on social media. I mean, I obviously follow your stuff, but then I do want to segue into Clubhouse after for sure, because it's been a major thing that we've gotten to know each other. So real uh, social media, why do you need to be as an entrepreneur, not even just as a realtor, just in general, if you're in business and trying to do something for yourself, why do you need to be on social media in your opinion? Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting for me, my breakout moment was in Snapchat, right? Where I was running my lawn care and landscaping business. And that's why I love you so much. <laughs> You're basically telling my story too. <laughs> exactly, right? CC. Um, so yeah, the for me, it was using a geotag on a, on a snap. And I'll never forget this. Like you earlier, we talked about these moments in time, right? Like these are things that I will tell my kids, my grandkids and my great grandkids about because technology is moving that way, right? Yeah. And it's moving there faster than most people are comfortable with, which is a huge vulnerability. But anyway, I digress. On Snapchat, <laughs> I used a geotag filter to, yeah. you know, locate where I was at the time and the job that we were working on and so on and so forth. It created a conversation in my business for a new client that we got an $8,000 job out of. So, you know, whether it's an $8,000 job that you're doing lawn care and landscaping for, whether it's a new buyer or seller or investor in real estate, like people want to do business with people that they see their faces, that yep. they hear their voices, like that's why social media works. And so yeah. some, one of our friends on Clubhouse mentioned it this way. And I thought, I've never thought about it that way, but it's conversations and connections at scale, right? Yeah. Like, yep. I don't know how many people watch your story, but every day, a couple hundred people tap mm -hmm. in Matt LaMarche's Instagram story and go, yep. what's Matt up to today, right? 100%. If I were standing in front of those two or 300 people, it'd be like <laughs> crazy, right? Like that's a crazy thought. You would but think so, yeah. That's how I think about social media. It's yeah. what would I say to these people? They're, they're coming here. They want to listen. And even though the medium is different, even though it's social media where it's super easy just to tap right through, or if it's in person, what would I say to those, to those, yeah. that group of people? And so that's really why I think about social media very, very differently than I think a lot of people do. And even two years before I got into this business, I followed every single real estate agent in Atlanta on Instagram yeah. and Facebook. And I was like, what are they doing? And yeah. no one was doing what I'm doing now, but also no one was doing it differently that would make me jump out and use them, right? Yeah. Would would actually get me to pick up the phone and go, Cam, 
exactly what you were talking about today in your story yeah. or in that video or in that post. I need to buy an investment property or, or to buy my first, none of that. Yeah. No call to action, no relationship building, no conversation creators. It was, here's my just listed. Here's yeah. my just sold. Here's my under contract. Here's a picture yeah. of me and my clients at closing, which to me was like the most powerful because I'm like someone else other than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, but it gave me a great, great context for how I should do social media. And yeah. so, you know, I, I try to use like three or four buckets to try to qualify people. Right. So yeah. I want to be known as Matt LaMarche, Atlanta real estate agent or Atlanta realtor. If you're in the code of ethics and national association <laughs> realtors and then Porsche and, and yeah. Porsche is a super easy one because it's what I'm passionate about. Like 100%. ask me about Porsches and you hear my voice change a little bit. <laughs> I can already you, just in that moment, you could hear the, you, you spurred up. You're like Porsche. Like, right. right. I mean, he, 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 as you guys are listening to this, we're going to have little video clips that we, we put on our social media. He's wearing a Porsche hat right now. <laughs> so if you're, if you're just listening to check out those clips afterwards, cause yeah, I mean, you know, I, and I know that because you run, you've had Porsche talks on clubhouse. I see it all the time on your Instagram. But what I like about that is that you're showing your passion on Instagram as well. It's not just about selling homes. You really have a passion for Porsches. I can see the picture in the background. I can see the car, you know, the, the, the die cast car in the background there, right? Like I can see it. And you're, so you're showing people what your hobbies are and what your likes are because you're creating that no like, and trust factor. Right. Right. And, and so if someone else likes Porsche, you're gonna be like, man, I bet if we go look for homes with this guy, he and I are going to have some great conversations about Porsches. In fact, I can show him my portion. He can show me his portion, all that stuff. Right. Absolutely. So it's absolutely bring that in, bring that character in. Yeah. Well, and that's what, I mean, again, you know, when you hear that change in my voice, like I, I oftentimes tell people, especially that come through that, that bucket, if you will, I'm like, look, I love talking about cars and stuff, but if we're going to focus on buying a house or selling a house, we need to focus on this, right? <laughs> and and this and this is a disclaimer for me, not you, by the way. So like, <laughs> stop me when you're ready, you know. Um, but no, it's it's definitely led to some transactions and to some business being conducted at the same time, like like-minded individuals, right? Like yeah. we all get into the same stuff. It's easy, yeah. and honestly, for me, like I feel almost like this pressure that is if if they come as a result of that, I actually have to perform at a higher level because it's there's, there's just a different thing to it. I feel like, like if you came through my website, cool, no problem. But like, if I know we've got a common passion now, I feel like there's some elevation to the energy and the passion and everything else that comes along with it. And also I know that people are like you, you know, your friends and colleagues and whatever, like they're probably into a lot of the same stuff you are. So, um, so anyway, Atlanta real estate agent, Matt LaMarche and Porsche, like those are the three things. And we, there's other things that we can go tangents on, but like those 100%. are the three or four things that I like to be known as. Yeah, no. And I love the fact that you said, you know, the Snapchat thing too. I mean, I remember, you know, five, almost five and a half years ago when I was like, you know what, I got to really get on social media. It was still a new concept then in a lot of ways. We had the social media, but people weren't really on Instagram for business yet, you know? And I'm like, I had a coach and he's like, I saw him doing Snapchat like crazy. And so I go on it. And the first thing I get told is no one's going to watch your stuff because it's for kids. <laughs> then when I went on Instagram, no one's going to watch that stuff because it's for kids. Now, the most recent one that I know you and I are both on TikTok, no one's going to watch your stuff because it's for kids. I've been told that the entire time. And yet then they're all running to it afterwards. Right. So I think um, you and I are the same. We recognize that change is inevitable and we need to be willing to change our marketing strategies on social media based on the current trends, because we don't know when one's going to go away. One of my coaches always says that when you're building a brand on social media, you're building your brand on rented land. 
Mm. Right. So, you know, we aren't in control already. Instagram has made tons of changes here. You know, some I like, some I don't. And I'm like, I just have to deal with it. Right. So, you know, I think uh, being fluid in that is how people are going to be successful and, and jumping on stuff. And I mean, you and I have a very different, you know, I like the comedy aspect. You do a lot of the videos educating. I think we both get a lot of great traction. I'm still trying to, for those listening, I'm trying to get him to dance in one of the videos, just one, <laughs> just one. Um, but it's a running joke that we have. But uh, and that joke is, again, you know, us connecting on Clubhouse. I do want to talk a little bit about Clubhouse um, because that has been one of the most powerful, in my opinion, tools of 2021. Um, you know, TikTok came out and people were flooding to it. But then suddenly this little audio app that you had to be invited onto to be able to, to connect with people. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I have to communicate. I have to talk. It's not just text. Like it's bringing out all these skills. Talk to me about what Clubhouse is to you and what it's done for your business. How much more time do we have? Oh, we, um, got, we got 10 minutes if you I'm got just it. Kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I I'll literally, cut you off. <laughs> I literally could talk about this for the rest of the day because yeah. honestly, not just professionally, like obviously referrals and, and the income that's been produced this year in my business as a result has been something that I just could not even wrap my head. I yeah. still have trouble wrapping my head around it, right? And the opportunities that I've been um, awarded have just been phenomenal. I mean, I can't speak to that enough. Yet at the same time, the bigger impact on me is like the new friendships, the new mm -hmm. relationships that I've developed on that platform. And because people took time, yeah. right? Like we can be doing a million other things while we're on that platform because you can't see us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's something that's like just super visceral about in the moment as it's happening. Like I now feel like I know you, like I yeah. know a lot of my really good friends yeah. because of the amount of time that we, I have, I have no idea where you are or what you're, <laughs> the other things that you're doing. But at the same time, I, I can almost guess what's going to come out of your mouth. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, yep. I know you really, really well now. And yep. for me, that's really interesting because, you know, it's been now 11 months. I joined on January 4th and Same again, day. another, day. <laughs> another moment, right. That I'll, another day I'll never forget. Yep. Um, but the reason that's really important to me is I normally set a word of the year. And so legitimately on December 29th, I was like, what is my word of the year? I've got two days. Like, what's it going to be? And I thought collaboration. Like, yeah. I think most people in our industry think that it's all about competition. It's a dog eat dog world out yeah. there. Someone's losing, right? Yeah. Not that at all. Like, there's yeah. a reason we call them co-op brokers. I we're, see. Yeah, 100%. We're cooperating, right? We're yeah. trying to get to the same place together. And so my word was collaboration. And legit, four or five, six days later, whatever it was, um, clubhouse hit and Matthew Weber, thank God, invited me to it. And uh, from there, I mean, the rest, as they say, is history. But honestly, the personal relationships, like, yeah. I can't wait to fly to Vancouver to meet you in person. Yeah. I can't wait yeah. to go to LA and meet the people that I've connected with. So like, and, and again, not just super selfishly for me, just to say thank you for what they've done with me and to me. Um, but also just to be able to like, put belly to belly like yeah. you you and i both know how important that is in this 100%. business and there's something that just can't be replaced with that but from a like a very practical standpoint i mean i'll just run it down real quick my first year in business i did two and a half million dollars in volume four units not much to write home about but not a bad first year not <laughs> where bad. i wanted to be you started uh, my second year i did about four and a half million and this year i'm on track to do 10 nice. and 
I have about $15 million in the pipeline right now, as of this moment, that I can all point directly to clubhouse referrals. That's and so, you know, if you, if you're, it's just like every other social media platform, if you really commit time to it, mm -hmm. if you put a strategy behind it, I mean, you know, I've backed off considerably from where I used to be. Oh, I think, I think we all did, you know, we, it, you just I, ride I the was, waves. <laughs> I swear to God, there was a moment in time where every one of us were on for like eight or nine hours a day. I'm like, Oh, Matt's in that room. Oh, can I, you know, like just chatting the whole time. I think we've all, we've all curbed it now in a lot of ways. And we were very intentional with what rooms we go to now. Right. But uh, yeah, I remember those early days, <laughs> but it's crazy, right? Like for yeah. that amount of time that we put into it, we all got something out of it, whether it 100%. was the connection or the friendship or even the masterminding and the marketing and the, you know, yep. all the great stuff that comes out of it. But at some point, and I know that you and I have talked about this and, and there's been lots of rooms and discussions around great. We've got all this info. What do we do with it now? Like, yeah. how do we execute? How do we implement? And so for me, uh, you know, middle of the year or so I started going, I'm getting all this great info. I'm getting all this great insight from agents that have been in the business for decades. Yeah. And some of them, even just for a couple of months, but came from a different industry, different industry that different was relatable. Yeah. The yeah. ways that I would never think about this business. Yeah. And so yeah. we got to implement. And so I, I committed to backing off and that my time spent on clubhouse will be very, very strategic. It would be around yeah. the people that I like being around yeah. just like going to a party or a bar 100%. or dinner. Totally. Um, you see so people I, in that room and you're like, I like those people and I know I learned something or the connection or the motivation. Even sometimes it's like, you have that down moment. And I, I we hear it all the time. Now the clubhouse fam, I do consider a lot of these people like family. Now, like I go to you guys for that motivation. Just if, even if I don't learn something, just the energy just gets you back on track. Right? It really does. It really does. Well, even to know, I think too, like on, on, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bring the conversation down, but like on the, on the darker side of what we do, like you got to be a little bit of craziness to like do what we do every day. Yeah. Right. And deal with some of the people that we do um, on both sides of the transaction. And so, you know, for me, a lot of it's just understanding that there are other people out there that are going through the exact same. Yeah. It's a very lonely thing, this entrepreneurship yeah. thing. Right. 100%. And your office, your team, like they only do so much for you yep. at the end of the day. And so for me to find like-minded individuals and, and like you said, the fam, I feel like, you know, how we all got into the same rooms and into the same conversations just blows my mind. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm eternally grateful for that. And that's something that I will tell my grandkids about for totally. sure. Being like, I remember when <laughs> 2021 came along and I've jumped on this clubhouse we're, app. We're and... <laughs> all stuck at home. So we had to go out and meet people somehow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's crazy though. It's amazing though. I love it so much. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree with everything you said. I mean, you know, the, the business aspect, it's fantastic. Yes we've all done deals through and we've made money. And I think that that's the short-term effect, right? That's hundred percent of the short-term it's the, it's the collaboration. It's the, the motivation. It's the, the family feel that you have now where you're like, I'm excited to go and talk to these people. And I think in a lot of ways too, you know, I, I always say it in my room as, as everyone who's probably listened, I've talked about it before, but uh, my, my uh, uh, mastermind on Tuesdays, I always tell people who are in the crowd, some of them have never come up on stage. And I'm like, listen, as a realtor, communication, how you communicate with people is the number one thing that's going to make you successful, right? How you talk to people, how you build relations. This is the best app that you can be as a new person, a new agent or a new entrepreneur, get up on stage and you can build the skills of talking to people before you go in the field and do it with your clients and other realtors, 
right? And I mean, there's so many avenues that I think is so phenomenal. And that's why obviously I want to bring it up. And, you know, I've, I've brought it up with several other people. I mean, just even this podcast alone was relaunched because of all the people I met. Yeah. You know, I was like, you know, I, I put a system in place and I'm like, man, there's so, all these amazing people that, you know, my, 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 uh, my audience needs to hear from because mm. you guys have inspired me and uh, it's, it's been fantastic. So yeah, if you're not on the app, what, why not? <laughs> it's been around for 11 months now. <laughs> that's all I got to say to that. <laughs> that's true. Well, and, and that's a really interesting point, right? So no matter what you're there for, like, I, I think, again, you have your own strategy and business people in general, I, I think, understand that when you can get on a social media application that you can get instant input, right? Like Instagram stories. Yeah, I can run a poll. Yeah, I can get some input. Yeah, there's going to be people's fingers that slips and answers the wrong way. But like, if I wanted to, I could go into a room right now and say, hey, I've got this great marketing idea. What do you guys think? Or, yeah. hey, if I drop this link, can you guys go watch this YouTube video and give me your honest feedback? Like, yeah. where else can you do that? Not many other places, right? Um, and so there's something super interesting about that. But one thing that you just mentioned there, as far as like, I wish, I wish clubhouse was here three years ago. Like when I yeah. first started, yeah, 100%. you know what I mean? I'm, I was with KW and I, and I felt like I got a great experience out of the mentorship program and everything else. But my God, man, you know how much time I had in my first year of real estate because I sold the business. I had nothing to do. And I had yeah. two clients. Like I would have spent every waking moment on clubhouse <laughs> learning, but that, and then the access that you get, I mean, we were just in a YouTube room with Sean Cannell, who is like one of the biggest YouTubers on the face of the planet, much less yeah. on Clubhouse. Like, so for me, it's access to Gary Vaynerchuk, who you mentioned yeah. earlier, like being able to get in and tap into some of these conversations. If you're not utilizing it simply for that purpose, mm -hmm. I really am like, what, do you think this is like a fad? Is this going away? <laughs> like, you're crazy. You know what? And again, even if it is a fad, take what you can get out of it and tell the time when it goes away. It's just like any other social platform, right? Yep. You know, again, you're, you're building a brand on rented land, but take what you can get and build that audience and then find a way. I mean, all of us now are cross platform. We're not just following each other on clubhouse. You see my Instagram. I see yours. I see your TikToks. You see mine. Right. So we're now, you know, we're, we've built an audience that's broader than just the app. And, uh, and even now we we're face to face on this zoom, right. You know, it's cause it's built that relationship. And uh, I mean, yeah, if, if I said it once in my room, what you are getting in an hour of Clubhouse is tens of thousands of dollars in free coaching, Correct. right? Because these guys are giving away some of their best knowledge for nothing, just because they're, they're part of the group, they're on there and someone asks them and they're answering it. You go to anywhere else and you say, I want to learn this from you. They're going to say percentage of your commission or <laughs> sign up for my coaching program. It's 10 grand a year, right? Like, right. you know, so you do get access is the key thing. And it's, it's literally just an investment of time. Then of course, from there, and if you're new in the business and you're listening to this, that investment of time then needs to be, once you've learned or you've heard and you've written your notes, you need to implement, right? I mean, it's so many, so many agents come and say, how did you do this? I'm like, Remember when so-and-so said this, I did exactly what he said and it landed me a listing or a buyer or whatever. Why didn't you do that? 
right? Yeah. So you got to implement and that's like any coaching program. So yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and the accountability that comes as a result, right? Like, mm -hmm. and you and I have, you know, bantered about this in the past, but honestly, <laughs> like there is something to be said about the challenges mm -hmm. and the things happening on that platform that bleed into the other social media platforms. So, yep. you know, there was a YouTube challenge going on for about a month and there's been Instagram and TikTok challenges. So, you know, I think honestly, the accountability, because like you said, none of this means anything until we start implementing, mm -hmm. but to then have the accountability. And I know that if I don't see your story for a week, I'm calling you, exactly. I'm DMing you going, dude, is everything okay? Like, yeah. are you all right? <laughs> uh, you're missing your post. What's going on? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, no, I, I could not agree more. I, you know, I think a lot of people thought it was a fad or, but your, your point about like the skill set or whatever you learn from this one platform, just like with Snapchat, like you were telling stories daily there. Yeah. You could do that on Instagram. You used yep. to be able to do it on LinkedIn. You can now do it, you know, in a lot of different ways, but even, even on Clubhouse, if I were going to build the perfect brokerage, it would be, you have to be a solid communicator mm -hmm. and you have to really understand media because that's, yeah. that's where the attention is. Right. I don't 100%. care what you're selling. If you don't have my attention, you can't sell me. And so I would be just, hyper-focused on communicators. And to your point, even as a new agent, you still know stuff. And that's why for the first like 30 or 45 days, all I heard people talking about was adding value, adding value, adding value to the point I was like, don't add value. Just tell me what your perspective is. Yeah. How does this hit you? How yep. do you feel about this? Because that to me is valuable. I don't care if you produce $1 million or $101 million or a billion dollars in real estate. I want to yep. know how this hits you. Like, do you like it or do you not? Because at the end of the day, you're a consumer too. And to me, yep. That's what I want to know. And that's what I want to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> we're getting, we're getting the end of time here. I want to, obviously I respect your time and want to make sure you've got, uh, you're busy out there and you're ramping up and all these things. There's one thing I do with all of my guests and uh, I heard it on another podcast once and I really liked it. So I pulled it in here is because uh, we're, we're all, we're all educating. We're always getting educated. What is that one book that you read whether it's recently or in the past, that has been the most impactful for you, whether it's life, business, whatever, what would be that one book you would say, if you're going to pick one, go and read this one? hundred percent. I mean, I always go back to the psychology of winning. For me, when I, when I listened to that book on audio tape, <laughs> this is long before Audible or anything else, but I found it and I legitimately, I found it in an abandoned house. Uh, I was working, <laughs> I was working a job where uh, we would do asbestos and lead removal, removal. And I was a consultant on that website, uh, on that site rather as a, um, as a supervisor. And so the guys would go in and they'd remove this stuff. And I worked for an engineering firm and we went into an abandoned house that they were about to tear down and build a new subdivision and the house had asbestos in it. So we were about to tear it down. And this guy must've gotten so much money that he basically left everything i mean he didn't even pack clothes Jeez. like the closets were still he got so much money he literally just walked away from that the car was still in the driveway so <laughs> anyway long story short um i was walking through that house before we were demoing it and i found the psychology of winning on audio tape and i had six or eight tapes or whatever and uh i had it and i grabbed it and i i started playing it and i started listening to it and for me professionally that was a very very dark time i was mm. not happy doing what i was doing I was very, I, my other business had just failed. Um, I was in a very dark personal spot. Right. And that book, honest to God, Cam, like lifted me out of the mire, so to speak. Yeah. And put me in a place that I changed literally my mindset around life in general, not just business, not just work, 
not just the ethical component of any of this, but I mean, legitimately change my entire life trajectory. And so right. if you're only going to read one book between now and the time you die, the psychology of winning will absolutely change your life. I appreciate that. I've definitely written that one down. I'll be looking it up myself. I always try to, when, when the guests tell me, and if it's a book I haven't read, I'm like, oh, I got to definitely pull that one up. Uh, I'm a big fan of doing it on the audiobooks. It's funny that you said you found like six tapes for the younger listeners. That's what we used to have to listen to. We couldn't just download it on our phone. We'd actually have to like put these like little plastic things in with these, uh, the, the music in it. And yeah, I, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, Anyways, well, you had to use the pencil to rewind. <laughs> the pencil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're both there. All right. But anyways, Matt, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you so much. And, uh, you know, I always, I always look forward whenever I see you jump in a room of mine or, or vice versa, I jump and I say, I'm like, Hey, there's Matt. I always know it's going to be a great conversation. I think we had an awesome conversation here. I hope you guys listening took some notes because he's, he gave some great advice out there. So go back, re-listen to this podcast again and check Matt out. What Matt, what's the best way someone can reach you online? Where, where's the best spot to go? Yeah. I mean, if you go to my website, it's got all the socials and everything connected there. It's just mattlamarsh.com. Um, and go. it's nothing super pretty as far as IDX feeds or anything <laughs> like it's more about just me who I am, what I do. It's got all the real estate stuff there as well, but like, it's really just like the catch all I call it um, yeah. for you to kind of be brought into my ecosystem. And I just can't say thank you enough to you. I really appreciate your friendship. I, de I definitely do consider us great friends. I do too. And um, I appreciate your time today as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you again. And folks for listening, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys coming back, listening to this awesome episode. If you really enjoyed it, give us a rating, throw a, throw a five-star out there. I always appreciate seeing those and throw some comments too on, on, especially on Apple. I, I love seeing what you guys are saying about it and go check Matt out, go to mattlamarsh.com, check him out. You find his socials, whether you're on TikTok or Instagram, he is there. And uh, Matt, I appreciate it so much. We'll catch you on Clubhouse very soon. And I can't wait to put this episode out. I appreciate it, man. Thanks again. All right. Thanks again, everyone.